Uh, Jesse, so we got three perspectives on college readiness in high school uh, in our last podcast. What did you think of the conversation? You know, I, I think the first thing that kind of struck me was just like, it was just cool seeing some folks that I haven't seen in a really long time. Like, you know, Ariel was my student, you know, my, mm-hmm. you know, second year of teaching and to see her all growns up, you know, was, is, was awesome, you know? Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, I still saw the Ariel's the student that I had, uh, when she was, you know, a senior, uh, high it's school so senior. It's weird to have, have students who are like in their thirties, like we, we, we right. students and now they're in their thirties. That's how old we are, man. Yeah. I thought it was awkward when I would like run into one, like the bar or something like that. Yeah. And now like they're on my podcast. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. I mean, in your twenties, you meet them at the bar and your thirties, yeah. you meet them on your podcast. That's how, that's how aging works. That's yeah. what it means to be. Yeah. That's yeah. what it means to be in your thirties. So, um, and it was great seeing Stacy too, you know? Um, and one of the things that reminded me just kind of, you know, spending an afternoon with them was, was like how magical that school that we worked at was, it was really just kind of a, I mean, it, it was just, such an exciting place to start my teaching career um, with you um, and with other great teachers and um, in, in a space where there was just so many people of color who were so focused on getting students of color into college and so so many students of color that were focused on black and brown students that were focused on doing that and it really it you know it, it brought that back to me about how it felt really good to be a part of that but I would also say that it also kind of reminded me of some of the reasons that I decided to leave after two years, you know? Um, and I think that when I was reading Leanna's research um, in her dissertation, um, I, it kind of put words to things that I definitely felt while, while I was working there and some of the things I just couldn't put my finger on what I didn't think was right about that place. Um, and, um, and, and I think that Leanna's research really articulated that in a way that, that like, again, I didn't recognize when I was there, but I knew existed. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the big things for me was this idea, and I remember reading this somewhere in your dissertation, Leanna, that it was just that basically, to a certain degree, this kind of neoliberal meritocratic approach that urges people of color to just work harder than everybody else, right? Like, yes, you have these disadvantages coming in. You got to know that. And you got to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You got to be better than everybody else. And, you know, I, I can't remember the exact quote, but, to, but, but basically the quote said that this, what this does to a certain degree is it normalizes racial discrimination. It says, hey, those are the breaks and just deal with it. And I think from the charter school perspective, what that does with high school students, it says, hey, you're gonna go to college and it's like, you know, you're not gonna have the advantages everybody else has and you may get treated differently than people while you're there. And you just need to take that on the chin and keep it moving because there's nothing that's gonna stand between you and that college degree. And I definitely think that was the mantra of the school that we taught at Sunil. Oh yeah, entirely. I think, you know, one thing I think we're trying to do in the show again is not just sort of talk about these issues, but provide some real resources uh, for educators who want to address them. So we have Leanna back on the show. Uh, welcome back. Oh, just, just one more thing I want to say about that, actually, before we oh, sorry. He always has one more thing to say. We can yeah, let sorry, <laughs> sorry. No, I, go for it. My, my, you know, I, I, I think that, again, what Leanna's research kind of helped me like to understand better about that is, is that like it's when, when students of color advocate and they say like, this is wrong and they point out oppression where it exists and stuff like that. They're, that is pulling yourself up by your bootstraps, but you're not just pulling yourself up, you're pulling your community as well. Mm-hmm. And I just really, I really, that, 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 that was one of the big things that I, 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 I got from, from reading your dissertation, Leanna, and um, just something that I think, I think it's just a missed opportunity. So now you can introduce Leanna. Thank you. <laughs> Welcome, Leanna, back with us. Leanna Hippolyte, uh, good to see you again. Thanks for having me again. 
so yeah, no, it's great. I think what you're, the work you're do, you've done with your dissertation, I think is wonderful and illuminating these ideas, but you've also worked on, in the field. You've worked as, a, as an educator, as a counselor, as a college counselor um, at, a, at a school site uh, serving urban students. I'm wondering, and you've, and you've brought with you today a, a, a lesson you've done with, with young yes. people. And I'm looking forward to having you share it. And as you do, uh, again, this is, You'll hear this in podcast form, perhaps, but you could also see this on our website, burnrubberpodcast.com. Uh, you could see it as a YouTube video, so you can follow along with us and follow along with Leanna as she describes uh, the lesson she brought with us today. Um, Leanna, tell us a little bit about this lesson and how it connects with the conversation we had on our podcast with Stacey and Ariel. Sure thing. So this lesson actually came out of my desire after doing that kind of work at a charter school to figure out what would it look like to support students with relevant information and do it in an active learning and engaging way uh, to help them know more about higher education um, and particularly its racialized history. I think there are so many times that our school systems um, kind of make college seem like this um, uh, very special place where only good things happen and you get to live on your own and uh, learn what it's like to be an adult and take the classes you want. And much of that is true. Um, and at the same time, we know that the experience in higher education can be uh, very different for racially minoritized students and for low income students. Um, so yeah, so this activity came out of my desire to figure out what would it look like to give students a bit of history uh, and then also help them learn from some of the real lived experiences of racially minoritized students on college campuses to not only consider what they might do in those scenarios, but how they could use resources and allies on campus or in the local community to uh, support them uh, to get them to that place of college completion while also making our higher ed spaces safer and more supportive of students. And you've done this with kids, right? You've actually delivered yeah. this lesson with students that you're sharing with us today. That's awesome. I think it's just really innovative. So it's so uh, normal just to go on with, with your students and say, yeah, look at college. Look at this awesome. We're going to get you to college. I'm going to get you to college. We're going to get you there. Uh, we're going to teach you how to prepare you for the academics of it, but we don't prepare you for the social realities of the, of the, of the racialized space that college is. Um, so I'm excited to, to hear more about this today. And I'm wondering if you could just walk us through this lesson. Uh, if you don't mind sharing your screen um, and, you know, sort of imagine some of our listeners are, are counselors, college counselors or educators who might be interested in doing this um, type of lesson and walk them through what it might look like in their classrooms. Sure thing. So let me... Uh... Course now it's not letting me present. Oh, I can see it. Okay, so we'll just walk through this way. It seems um, to be going a little slow, but this is just a, a presentation about race in the context of higher education. Uh, I try to present students with a sense of what's to come just pedagogically using some of the practices I've learned from my K-12 mentors about what works, being clear about some of the purposes of the session. Um, particularly that I'm going to be helping students develop an understanding of some of these racialized factors that influence their experiences, learn key definitions. I think so often words get thrown around, but we don't take the time to really distinguish what it means um, 
And that much of this language is very important for our students to have a sense of, since uh, sometimes it becomes a point of classroom discussion and can, can feel a bit jarring for racially minoritized students when they don't know how to kind of advocate for themselves in those spaces. Um, and then relatedly help students come up with ways to respond to uh, racialized incidents um, so that they can feel better prepared. I think we do such a good job on the academic preparation. And then to your point, Sunil, we don't talk about the preparation for some of the social realities of college. Um, and then most importantly, help students feel like they know how to combat these issues, not just navigate, which is a big critique that I bring up in my dissertation. So we don't do, do a little do bit that, of do that a little say a little more about that. You mean the difference between navigate and what was the second thing you said? Yeah. So uh some, what? <laughs> navigate and combat. What is the difference between those? Yeah. So uh, there's been some really good research from Cider and Graves uh, who looked at charter schools in the Boston area actually, who are serving similar demographics of students and who have social justice uh, lenses and purposes in their founding. Um, and what they found is that some of the schools um, do this really great job of helping students to develop critical consciousness. And with that, be able to not only navigate uh, white supremacy based spaces, um, including higher education, but also how to combat and manage some of these instances that might happen so that they can transform these spaces, which mm -hmm. we all know is like a very distinct kind of thing. So uh, what I'm suggesting is that neoliberal meritocracy has encouraged our students to just like Jesse said, like put their heads down, um, just grind and keep moving until you reach your goal. Whereas um, uh, combating these issues um, and changing them is really what we hope that our students will do so that they don't continue and these problems don't persist in uh, higher education. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, so how did your lesson do that? Yeah, so um, after doing just a little bit of getting to know you work, we then talk about some key terms. So you can see that uh, I kind of give notes about the definitions, but also examples along the way while I'm doing this instruction so that students can have language as well as context for how uh, these terms are related, but also how they're different. We talk about um, lenses for understanding these concepts. So sometimes I also think we limit uh, the idea of racism um, to being just like this interpersonal interaction. And I wanted to make sure that students had a sense of how racism persists and functions at every level um, of our institutions. And then very briefly, I talk about some important context about policies, um, particularly at the federal level, as well as just uh, the history of some of our US institutions that I think was really helpful for giving students an understanding of how we got to where we are today. Um, and probably the heart of uh, what we did was try to make sense of some of these bigger contexts, but all um, related to what they might encounter in their own college experiences. Um, so thinking about uh, campus climates, this is kind of a term that students will then get familiar with once they uh, start um, getting ready for college. And then microaggressions, which they may have heard about at this point, but particularly what are racial microaggressions and what do they look like? 
Um, and this was all done in anticipation of one of the main activities for this lesson, which was really to help students take a look at a few different scenarios that happened on college campuses that I knew they were actually set to attend in the fall. So this was a session that I did with students over the summer before they started college. Um, and so I, I was able to look at a few different scenarios. Uh, one scenario where um, there was a, a frat party and there were students who were at that party who were um, kind of engaging in these really um, messed up ways of dress that were mocking uh, racially minoritized groups that they were not a part of. Mm -hmm. um, I also talked about an example of um, a few young women and their uh, home, their dorm was actually vandalized, the door was. And so we talked about both this intersection of race and gender as being particularly important for considering intersectionality in that example. And then we also talked about um, an ethnic studies building on a college campus that was vandalized um, and tried to also kind of have this conversation about these certain spaces that are vandalized and um, always uh, kind of under the microscope of university campuses for being spaces that try to liberate um, and educate students of color. Mm -hmm. No, that, this seems amazing. Um, and you had people share out at the end, I'd imagine? Yes, I did. So students were able to uh, take on roles within their groups to describe what they recognize as having happened, especially since every student had a different uh, scenario. So it allowed the students to hear what the other groups were working with, um, how people shared that they felt. And this was usually a diverse range of experiences. Um, and as well as what would they do uh, as an individual person? And then the final question was who might be their allies on campus? And this is really meant to help students understand that there are allies on campus. There are people who are in positions to support them when these situations happen. So in part, they would know their rights on campus. Um, and they would also see this as like a collectivist endeavor, something that should be done in community and that they don't have to tackle by themselves. Because we also know that a big part of neoliberalism and meritocracy is you think that you're the only one who's going through it. Um, and that's part of, of how the system wants to keep you not working in unison with others to um, change things. So I felt that that was like a really important part of how students were able to share and reflect on the activity. What were some of the things that students shared out that like, you know, um, with these hypothetical situations, they shared out saying that how they would handle it or react to it. What were some things that you remember students saying um, in response to this prompt? So that would yeah. come face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, <absolutely. laughs> so actually, Sunil, that was um, a big part of how students did react. Um, they talked a lot about how angry they might be. Sorry, my internet is unstable. <laughs> we're, we're hearing you, we're still hearing you. Can you all see me now and hear me now? Okay. Yeah. Um, so they talked about, it's still so slow, I don't know why. You sound good enough. You know, this is a amateur podcast sure. anyways. This isn't professional. <laughs> okay. So they shared often that they would just be really angry, maybe want to fight, which all of us can relate to that mm -hmm. when you're put in that situation, you get really hot, you feel 
uh, very uncomfortable. You're just thinking about how you want to protect yourself. Um, and then others shared that maybe they wouldn't do anything. Um, this is kind of similar to some of the students in my dissertation where they said, you know, I came here for a purpose to get a degree to mm -hmm. take care of my family. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to let anyone distract me from that. Um, and while that is noble and important, we also hope that our students will do something that will help, uh, again, change uh, the scenarios from happening ever again on their college campuses. And that can only be done um, in community and with. Um... Yeah, I mean, I. I... I, this is something that I would certainly do with my advisory. Just remember, we did advisory at our old school. Yeah, we just played dodgeball with them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were like, ball, throw uh, balls at each other as hard as you can. That's, mafia. We did yeah, mafia like every yeah, other day. Mafia. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it was like it was like the neoliberal meritocratic like sports <laughs> bloodthirst that we were going for. You know, it so. is. dodgeball is an excellent <laughs> metaphor for neoliberal meritocracy. It just slap yeah. you in the face with a rubber ball sometimes. But no, this is something I would definitely do in my advisory. Uh, I would, I would, I think, I think sitting with students and especially those who are about to transition to college and talking about uh, not just college as classes, but college as an experience where you feel connected or you don't. Um, college is a place where you can belong or not and find and giving kids tools to feel like they can belong and push the space so that more students can belong. Um, I think has a lot of power um, for high school students who are, you know, wide eyed and uncertain about their college futures. So I think, I think this is excellent. Um, one thing I might do as a next step is even like the scenarios you've chosen are very sort of visceral and intense. You have like, you know, racial slurs being written on front doors. Um, you have blackface, you have, you know, mockery of dress and uh, of, of, of non-dominant cultures. These are really aggressive um, types of um, racism that I think students may certainly experience, but I think there's also more like mundane uh, racism that they also experience. I would actually do this in turn also with more microaggressive types of interactions. Like what would you do if your professor, professor sort of talked down to you, assumed you weren't intelligent, um, you were excluded from a group that wasn't explicitly a racial exclusion, but it very well might be. Um, how do you sort of navigate these more mundane examples of, of racial exclusion that I think can really harm kids? kids harm young adults as they transition to college. Yeah, uh, one observation I'm taking is just because kind of making me two things were happening when you were kind of describing listen first I couldn't stop thinking about that John Singleton movie higher learning you know and like there's like white supremacist on the campus yes. and, yeah you know and stuff like that and like you know and I, I just remember Ice Cube punching the white supremacist in the face and I was like college looks awesome I can't wait, <laughs> but, but, but no, but like, but I mean, I think that like the movie actually deals with that. Like, what do you do? I mean, your instinct is you want to fight. Your instinct is you're angry and stuff like that, but you're also here. You have a re you know, you like you're there for a reason and you, and, and, and you worry about playing into what people's stereotypes already are, are of you. I mean, I remember encountering that a lot in college myself, um, you know, and I also kind of just remember feeling like when I was in college that I learned the most from, from my college experience, not in the classroom, but outside the classroom doing, doing political work, organizing students, you know, and doing stuff like that. I remember sitting in a freshman year in like a, you know, in a diversity one-on-one class that everybody had to take and just listen to people say a bunch of 
you know, weird stuff kind of massaging their white guilt in this space and, um, and not just simply taking that, but being encouraged by people um, who I was doing political work with to do something about it and write, and I wrote an op-ed about it. And it's like, it was better than any essay I ever wrote for that class, you know? Um, and just really kind of finding my voice through doing that student activism. And I think that's really huge. Like that's, that is a part of the college experience. And if students are, you know, if you're spending 70% of your time outside the classroom, how can you expect 70% of your learning not, not to come um, outside of the classroom? So I think it's really important that students are acknowledging that um, activism, speaking up, finding your voice is a huge part of why you go to college. It's not for just for a degree, you know? Yeah, no, I think this is great. Leanna, I think this changes the game. Like this kind of approach changes the game. If we can get more teachers to do this sort of thing. I think on the one hand, we'll get more kids to, to be more prepared to stay in college because they're able to, nav as you said, navigate these circumstances and combat them. And in doing so, I think it inspires them to stay the course, to stay in there, to keep pushing, to keep pressing and to get that college degree. But more importantly, as you note, this also is helps prepare young people who aren't just in school to get a degree, they're in school to change their communities and, yeah. and, and open up pathways for more people. So I really love what you've done here. Um, and I hope people use it. Well, thank you so much. I'm not sure Leanne is still entirely here. <laughs> Thanks for giving me an opportunity to share. Uh, there she is. <laughs> we lost her. Um, we got we got pseudo Leanna, but it, nonetheless, that's uh, amazing. I really appreciate having you, Leanna, and uh, thanks so much for sharing your work. That's burn rubber. <laughs> the last podcast this summer. Uh, it's great having me. everybody. Uh, Jesse, thanks for doing this. Uh, I hope people get something out of this. It was a lot of work, but uh, I think it was really useful. And stuff like this is exactly why we did the podcast. Thanks, Thanks so much, everybody. Uh, appreciate your time. Appreciate you listening. Uh, burn rubber. We out. <laughs>